0: Just do it and just start. That's that's the other big thing. Because you can, you know, especially if you're trying to, you know, start your own business or this, that, and the other. It's like people get too caught up in the planning stage. And I'm not saying planning is not important. It absolutely is important. But give me, you know what negates all that? Action. Because then you're actually gonna go out there, you're gonna do something. It's either gonna work or it's not gonna work. And then if it doesn't work, no big deal. You can tweak it and then send it back out there.
1: That was Brad Ritter, and this is The Recovery Revolution. It's time for The Recovery Revolution podcast, and it is unlike any recovery podcast you will ever experience. This is next level recovery transformation featuring the most influential minds in addiction, recovery, sobriety, mindset and entrepreneurship we are transforming the stereotypical mundane process of recovery into one of finding your own personal path to empowerment this podcast will revolutionize the way you look feel and talk about recovery this is the recovery revolution Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of The Recovery Revolution. And today we have my good friend Brad Ritter joining us on the show. Brad and I met as members of the same mastermind community. And Brad's episode is all about mental toughness. One of the reasons why I wanted to interview Brad was to tell us about how he endured the SEAL Fit training, uh, one of the world's premier training events for forging mental toughness and resilience but mainly because Brad is such a genuinely authentic guy. He's the real deal, and he goes into great detail about why it was so important for him to radically shake up his life, because he'd reached a point where he had no idea what he was doing and for what reason. It's an incredibly cool episode, and I can't wait to dive in. But before we dive into Brad's episode, I'd just like to remind you guys of the public speech I did on May 5th at Mike Drop Theatres. The title of my speech was The Healing Power of Letting Go, where I walk you through my process of letting go. Please make sure to check it out. All you have to do is Google Omar Pinto, The Healing Power of Letting Go, and the video will pop right up. And also make sure to leave a comment so I know how it impacted your life. So now let's dive into Brad's story. But first, a quick message from our sponsors. We are all addicted to something, money, success, food, drugs, alcohol, and even our problems. These addictions hold us back and prevent us from tapping into our greatness. My name's Omar Pinto, and I'm a life transformation coach, addiction recovery specialist, and lifestyle entrepreneur. I help people transform their business, family, and personal life every single day. So if you want to find out what's holding you back from living a life of fulfillment, success, and happiness, go to www.omarpinto.com and schedule a free consultation with me today. It's time to transform your life. Today's episode is brought to you by the RRC, the Recovery Revolution Community. The RRC is our private recovery membership group that features online meetings, online support, Accountability, peer to peer recovery support and coaching. The Recovery Revolution is more than just a podcast. It is a support network helping thousands of people all over the world. So, for more information about the Recovery Revolution podcast or how you can join the RRC, then go to omarpinto.com and get plugged into the Recovery Revolution today. And if you haven't done so already, be sure to leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way to show your support for the podcast. Hey, Brad, thanks for joining us. What's
0: up, my man? Omar. Good to see you.
1: Good to see you, brother. How you feeling, man? I'm feeling great. I'm glad to have you. All right, so folks, today I've got a good friend of mine. How long have we known each other now, Brad? Jeez. A couple years now, huh? A couple
0: years? Yeah, I'd say so
1: actually actually it's been nope i know it's been a uh, yeah close to 2 years it hasn't been exactly 2 years my my journey in personal development started um in the middle of 2017 that's when i joined the dad's edge alliance gotcha All right, so that's how we know each other. So folks, today we have Brad Ritter joining us on the show. I met Brad in the Dad's Edge Alliance Mastermind Group and later in the Total Life Freedom Mastermind Group. Um, And today Brad tells us what happens when you've never been truly tested by life, when you've never experienced a severe illness, tragedy, death, or even war. How do you know if you have the mental toughness to face adversity and persevere in life? Today, Brad talks about how he endured SEAL fit Kokoro training. Did I say that right, Kokoro?
0: It's actually pronounced Kokoro, but we'll go with whatever.
1: Thank you for that. Um, the world's premier training event for forging mental toughness. That sound about right, Brad?
0: It's spot on, brother.
1: Okay. Um, I remember I always, I always poke fun at Brad because, you know, the first time I met him, he's got that chiseled jaw, you know, perfect hair, you know what I mean? I was like, man, look at this guy. He's got it all together. And, uh, one of the most beautiful moments that I shared with him was when, uh, in our, in our total life freedom mastermind, he shared a story and it completely changed, you know, how I saw him. It was a, it was a very different, vulnerable, open, honest, Brad, uh, so endearing. Um, and I was like, that's a guy I want on my podcast. Um, and ever since we shifted from from the share podcast over to the recovery revolution, it is about mental toughness. It is about personal development. It is about what happens to you um, regardless of whether it's drugs or alcohol, right? What are the things that happen in your life, the challenges, um, and what you did to overcome um, and, and, you know, joining, you know, uh, the SEAL Fit training, right? Like, I can't even imagine. So I want, I, I want to know all about that. So before we dive into that, um, let's get to know you, Brad, today. So take us into your normal daily routine.
0: Right on, man. Um, well, thanks for the intro there, Omar. So as far as my daily routine goes, it, it really depends. And why I say, why I say that is it depends like what stage of, of my life I have going on. And when I, what I mean by that is, uh, I have a, I have a day job. I have a great day job, love, love the company. Um, I work with and, and, and my boss and the people I get to work with, which is great. Um, but that particular industry has seasons to it. So, um, it, it's in the education industry, uh, specifically higher ed market. So traditionally, you know, when school's in session, let's say, um, I'm rock and roll, man. It's like tax season, basically, for me. So, like, right now, you know, March 19th, man, I'm in I'm in the thick of it. But the nice thing is, once summer gets closer, uh, it starts slowing down a little bit more. I'm not traveling as much. I've got more time to devote to, you know, my family, um, to other side things that, that I might uh, have going on. So, uh, but having said that, my my morning... Is what I try to own, and um, there's, you know, I'm sure you've heard of this book. I've, I've heard of it. Um, a lot, heard of quite a few people mention it before, but Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. Read that book, man, and it it really, it really no shit changed my life. Um, it's one of the things that changed my life. We'll get to some of, into some of the other stuff a little bit later, but to me, it is my day. The success of my day can absolutely be. Tied back to my morning, and in particular, one thing—just one thing—that you can do, and that is wake up. All right. So it sounds easy, and you're laughing because I can see you. The audience, we're <laughs> laughing, we're smiling, and it, it really is that simple. It's it's just waking up. So you know, if you set the alarm for traditionally, I wake up between you know four thirty or five. <clears throat> And I go to bed probably, uh, I try to be in bed by nine, you know, and, and lights out, zonked out by nine 30. So, um, you know, but, but having that, having that morning, whether it's an hour, maybe even close to two hours where I'm just by myself and I can get stuff done. My kids are still asleep. My wife's still asleep. So I'm in the house and, and I'm free to do basically anything I want and for me. Um, what I've been consumed with is, uh, writing a book. I'm actually, this is my third year. It's been a labor of love. It's been a process, but, uh, writing a book yet. Yeah, so, and, and I'll get into that a little bit later. So the morning, my time, what I do with it right now is I write and I write for usually an hour to an hour and a half. Um, there's therapy and writing, but my, my ass is in a seat and it's, and, and I'm just, I'm going to town, man. And I've got usually a set amount of words that I try to try to get accomplished for the day. It's usually about 1200, sometimes 1500. Wow. And that keeps me, yeah, that keeps me on track for, for completing, you know, the big goal I have, which is, which is writing the book. So, so that's, that's my typical, you know, morning routine. And, um, after that everybody starts, Waking up, got to get the kids ready for school and all that. I'm big on breakfast. I know not everybody is, but for me, I love breakfast. Is probably my favorite meal of the day. And, uh, and the one thing I do, um, around the house, I don't do much cooking. <laughs> if my wife was here, she'd be laughing her ass off in agreement. But I do love <laughs> <laughs> <on laughs> breakfast <laughs> cuz it just involves, you know, eggs and bacon and pancakes and I love doing that stuff. So I make sure that, you know, we are well fed each and every morning.
1: That's impressive. That's impressive. And that's that's a big part of Brad's charm is the, the kind of family man that he is and, and and the kind of emphasis he puts on on his family the kids, his wife. Um, I also do the Miracle Morning. Uh, I remember um, it's been an on again, off again love affair with the the Miracle Morning. Uh, the first time I read the book, same thing, right? I was like, oh my god, this is this is it, right? This is the game changer. And then life happens and then you miss a couple of days before you know it a year's gone by and you, you've stopped doing it. Then I got then you get back on it like something's wrong, something's missing. I need the 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 my routine. Oh, let me start with the Miracle Morning. It's the easiest kind of go-to cuz it's a guide, right? It all, it tells you what to do and I'm that kind of a person. Like I'm a, I'm a task guy, right? I don't like figuring things out. I don't like creating my own structure, but if it if it look if it's good, and it's work for others. I'll dive right in blindly, right, and 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 take action. Um, and I know that that's what that makes a difference. Getting waking up. I was laughing when Brad said that, because I know what that's like. I set my alarm for four o'clock in the morning, because that's my alone time. It's for sure. I know that it's dark. It's cool. It's like I'm still kind of in the. You know half asleep half awake stage right and so it's easier for me to meditate it's easier for me to journal right and by the time i get to the reading portion right by then i'm kind of i'm kind of waking up right um but if you own your day and you get up with intention it does make a difference every successful person like you say there isn't one out there that said well you know, the secret to my success is I sleep until about 11. Um, then I go and get ready for lunch, right? I meet up with some friends for lunch, right? Then I'll maybe check some emails, right? Um, and then I'll hit the office, right? There really isn't, there isn't one. There isn't one story like that. So if you, if you take advantage of that, even if you have kids, even if you're married, even if you have a full-time job, if you get up early, there's where you create your time. Right, Brad?
0: Absolutely. It's, it's so important. You have to make time for yourself. Lions eat first. Somebody told me that saying a while back, I'm like, you know what? There's some truth to that. Cause if I'm not filling my cup, you know, and I, I can't, if I can't be there for myself and I'm constantly tired or just in a cranky mood or whatever, how in the heck am I going to show up for my family? Yep. co workers you know, it's just gotta, it's got a domino effect. So it starts with you.
1: Beautiful. Lions Eat First. That might be the name of this episode. I like it. Lions Eat First. All right. So let's talk. I'm big on the component of spirituality. Um, how do you personally maintain your spiritual condition, Brad?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. So um, first and foremost, I mean, I believe in God. There's no question in my life or, or you know, no question in my mind that there that there is a God. Um, so... I just want to lay that out there, whether, you know, the audience does or doesn't, that's up to them to decide. Um, I was raised in a Catholic family, went to, um, church at least once a week, went to uh, Catholic grade school for, for eight straight years. We had religion was a class, you know? So I, I was getting it every day, but you know, somewhere along the line, man, I just, um, I don't know if I just got bored with it or if I just got, you know, I hate the B word, but I'm going to throw it out there, right? Busy, like everybody's busy. And, you know, I started working when I was in <laughs> school and, you know, getting paid. So I would oftentimes work on the weekend, which is usually when the family would go to church. So I just kind of got out of that routine. And, um, you know, for, for whatever reason, haven't really found my way back to a consistent, you know, quote unquote practice of, of, of going to church. Having said that, we we do strive to um, make it to church, you know, every every Christmas. I know that's just once a year, but um, I guess you could call me a, a, a creaster, you know, one of those folks that that goes on Christmas and Easter. I don't know if you've heard that term before.
1: No, I haven't. I love it.
0: <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm a creaster <laughs> when it comes to that. Um, but you know, the funny thing about Spirituality to me is is, is this, and um, and we we all have met them or know them or, or or know of them. Nothing makes me more upset or mad than those folks who, you know, preach um, God and you know and 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 try to you know share put their beliefs on you, but they don't actually practice it. You know what I mean. They're, they're talking out of one sense, but when, but when the shits, the fan, like they're, they're not acting very Christian-like mm-hmm. and I, I be the, op- I try to be the opposite. Okay. So even though I might not go to church frequently, I, I do try to act in accordance with some sort of code, you know, um, and, and try to live out what I think, you know, God wants me to do now. Am I perfect? Hell no. Right. Cause everybody sins, you know? But uh, that's just that's that's how I approach it. That's how I approach it with with my kids. But it's interesting you raise that because my daughter's uh, eight, my son's five, and this has come up. They've started asking me questions about, you know, how old's God, and you know, questions like that. And it's like, wow, how do I answer this? So it's 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 time that we probably get a little bit more serious and um, you know introduce them to to religion. So
1: you know, it's I tell you that's a beautiful thing when your children feel comfortable enough to ask, right? And so they, there, there has to be a tremendous amount of comfort and trust, uh, faith, right, in your in your own parents. You know, I, I grew up in a, in a very religious household, My parents of Jehovah's Witness, well, not my parents, my mother. So there was a lot of, like, force-feeding religion. So the last thing I ever asked about was religion. I didn't want to know. I didn't want to talk about it. I wanted to get as far away from it as possible. And so I believe that there is there is just this innate spirituality within us, that that there is this already installed desire to connect with the divine. And you can sit anywhere you want where there's some quiet, and you connect there, and you're going to get those answers that you seek. I think it's this, uh, that's why I asked the question— because it's not about any specific religion. It can be. It can be about a religion. It can be about, you know, how you and how you connect internally, how you meditate, right? It's really a personal practice. And, and, and the more I think people that listen to this and go, okay, there's another person that has a a, a unique and particular way of, of practicing their spirituality, I can connect with that. And so when a lot of it because I, I truly believe when, when there's a, a tremendous amount of resistance to that, God, you really deprive yourself of this magical ability to connect with a source that can really drive you, that can really help you, that can really, that can really help you in your times of need, right? So, so that's particularly primarily why I asked the question. And I love, and I love that. What a great story. My kids want to know about God. They want to know about spirituality. That's a beautiful place to be.
0: It, it really is, man. And, um, to me, I, I, I believe exactly what you just said. Like, I don't think you have to be quote unquote, like in a church or someplace to, to pray to God or to have a conversation with God, you know, God's around. Um, I, I will say this though, too, because I, I see it happen a lot. And, um, this may, this may be favorable. It might not be. And it depends what the situation is. You know, if you're, if you're on a deathbed or something, I totally get it. But when, when folks pray to God, like, let's say you're praying to God, you want a new job. Like, let's just use that example. Right. I'm not talking life or death here. I'm talking like you, you want to gain something could be material, could be a job, whatever. Um, and, and you pray to God about that. I do believe God's listening. However, it is up to you to put in the hard work to achieve that. You're not just going to pray, do nothing, and and hope it happens. You know what I mean? That's called a miracle. I believe in miracles. and They happen. There is divine intervention, no doubt. But for stuff like that, I, I, I don't believe it. I don't buy it. I think it's crap. You can pray, absolutely. But God will put you in the position to be successful. It's on you to bust your ass, do the hard work. And get it done.
1: I agree, faith. You know that that same. I mean, you could take any sort of, you know, cliche that you want to, but faith without works is dead. I mean, yeah, uh, just that alone itself lends itself to 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 that belief, and you're not going to believe it either, right? There's no way you're going to believe that somehow something ama- amazing is going to. Oh God, please just just want a bag of money to fall from the sky right like i mean <laughs> right. it's basically what it is right instead of like god give me the strength to get out there and hustle you know give me the motivation give me the drive you know guide me help me push me you know that kind of a thing like get up in the morning with zeal and like and then and get, get out there and start crushing it get out there start door knocking and whatever whatever that looks like um and and i that's what's important Right. As soon as you put the intention out there in anything, right, things are gonna start happening. We were just talking about that before the call, right? Absolutely. You put the intention out there and things just come into your mm-hmm. and, 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 and and into your reality. And now you're faced with a whole different thing. Now it's like, now I have to choose. Now there's this, you know, I asked, things are presenting themselves. There's three things here. What do I do? What a great place to be. <laughs> Free will, man. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> all right. So, so my next question is, you know, this is the Recovery Revolution. Um, does deal with recovery and also talks about addiction. So the idea that we could be, that we're all addicted to something in today's society, it's unavoidable. Okay, social media, the TV, commercials, ads, billboards, all designed to get us addicted. So we're either addicted to food or sex or phones or whatever. It could be drugs and alcohol, too. In what ways has addiction played a role in your life?
0: Wow. Um, many. Yeah, I mean, just looking <laughs> back through life, many, many addictions. Um so, I mean, going back to, you know, the one that pops into my head is, um, all right, like in grade school, I just, I wanted people to like me, you know, I don't know if that's quote unquote, a, you know, an addiction, but I'm just, I'm even thinking back then, like I was craving, um, you know, friendship and being cool and, you know, kind of fitting in that whole category. So, you know, I think you could lump that in there. Fast forward to, you know, high school and I had a great time in high school, um, it, but it was high school high for, for me. And a lot of that's, you know, the, the friends you keep, there's no question in my mind that that, that can obviously play a role in, in, in that sort of thing. But, um, you know, marijuana was around. I'll just I'll say that, you know, there it, it definitely was a part of my life for a short period of time. Uh, but, but kick that habit. Cause it was, it was making me lazy. It was making me stupid and um, just kind of had to cut that out and, and, um, and, and, and quit that. And then even, even now, I mean, I'm not, <clears throat> thankfully I'm not addicted to any drugs, alcohol, but the um, technology piece, hundred percent, absolutely addicted to technology that's what really spoke to me when you asked that question and specifically for me it was probably tv um for for a while so we've we cut our cable two years ago actually a little bit longer two and a half years ago but uh i mean we've got a nice home we have a tv like in practically every room i mean our cable bill was getting crazy high it was like 250 a month wow TV Yeah, crazy, right? US dollars. Um, TV's on every room. Like it it was just, it was just background noise, man. Like it was constantly on. And then, you know, I had my shows I'd watch and whatnot. And um, I don't remember what book it was, but I was reading and, you know, we're all trying to make hacks in our day, like where we can save time and or get more time. Because we all got twenty four hours in a day, and and the, somebody mentioned you know cutting your TV, and at first it was like, what? Huh? TV? What? But I'm going to miss out on this. This no, no way, man. No way. I can't do it. And I just, I started small. We we uh, we started in the in the family room basically, and and just you know cut out that cable package and all that, and it quickly morphed, uh, morphed into we have TVs. but we don't have cable. Everything we have is streamed. So you have to actually make a conscious effort of what you want to watch. It's not as easy as picking up the remote, turn on the remote and boom, you've got 250 channels. It's, we we have Amazon prime, we have a fire stick and it's okay. What do I want to watch? Like specifically, you know, it's it's that sort of thing. And then like, I, I just, I don't watch that much TV at, i do every once in a while but it's honestly my kids programs because they're the ones that want to watch and i'll spend time with them and we'll watch whatever goofy stuff they want to watch so it's it's it was tv was the first one and and uh, man I, i i gained so much time back in my life just from just from cutting that out the only thing i miss are sometimes live sports but i'll just i'll find a way to stream it or or go over to somebody's house and watch it if it's that important right and then the other one was uh you know, these, these devices that, uh, that everybody has. And, um, it's great now that they've got that screen, um, uh, reader, uh, app or whatever that tells you how much time you're spending, um, in front of your screen. Cause they used to not have that. But what I did was, um, you know, I, I, I was in Facebook as you know, most people are and, and, and still do. Oh yeah. Uh, but I actually, about a year and a half ago, a guy in in one of my one of my groups, um, he 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 told me that he had deleted the Facebook app from his phone and then just used Instant Messenger. And I'm like, "Huh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try that, right? Because it's, you know, I would use the excuse of, yeah, you know, I only check Facebook when I'm like using the bathroom or." You know, when I got five minutes, well, how many times a day though? And then that turns into the hours. And then with Facebook, I mean, it's designed as a trap to keep you in there. There's, there's so much crap coming at you. So I, I actually deleted, um, my Facebook app from my phone. I actually want to go on the Facebook. I have to go on from a computer (laughs) or I can get on instant messenger and message people that way. That's saved a ton of time. And then also work. Right, I mean, look, technology. Most people who who work full time have to use a computer and have email. I get tons of emails every day because like we got so much going on, and that can completely suck you in. So I started setting like time parameters on, you know, when I'm going to look at email, and when I when I log on to look at email through work, I always uh, log on, but then I log back off, so I'm offline. So I can attack all the emails that have come into my inbox and get that done and then hop back online, send those out and the new ones come in. I work in that order instead of just having it on 24 seven because I, I, I just I couldn't keep my attention in, in, in one place. And, um, and that's the other thing. I, I got rid of my work email on my phone as well, which sounds pretty crazy. And it took some getting used to. But man, I love it. So same thing there for me to get on uh, and do work email. I have to be in front of a computer.
1: So no that's and that I tell you it's tough it's tough you know I'm 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 an entrepreneur and so you know everything is about you know the next client everything is about the next client it you know when I first started doing the podcast it was just I had a I had a regular day job and the podcast was a hobby and so it was you know there was there was you know I've got I can pick and choose, right? Um, and then as you shift, you quit the job, you go become an entrepreneur, and you know it's there is there's no more paycheck, right? There is just this stream of clientele. Um, and when I first launched, man, I don't care what time it was—ten o'clock at night. You know, there's people from all over the world that are that that could possibly hit me up. It's a different time zone for them. It could be one o'clock in the afternoon for me. It's ten o'clock at night. But I, I would just get into this point where, oh, oh my God, right? I got to answer this, right? Or I got to answer this email or I got to answer this private message right away. And I started to really recognize how enslaved I started to feel again, yet again. And I remember when my, ma- my wife was like, wow, you know, I thought that you becoming an entrepreneur and working from home was going to change your work habits. But you're the same guy, different hat, Right, You're still like tunnel focused. And I was like, I remember at some point I just had to kind of snap out of it. Because again, here's the big picture, right? We sometimes wear this giant like Superman cape of I'm doing this for my family, right? And everything that we do is for our family. So I've got to handle this, right? I've got to make the money. I've got to do the business. I've got to work 12 hours, Right? they didn't ask for that so we're making all these assumptions and you know it's for this purpose but is it really right and then as soon as you as a coach as soon as those questions start to pop up they're all they're now all of a sudden undeniable you can no longer just kind of squirt things under the rug and go yeah 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 you just don't get it no no you're like your wife says something now and she still she reminds me all the time of when I'm derailing you know oh there's the phone thing again oh there you go doing you know and then it's here's the cool thing now i will now i'm a lot i'm a lot quicker to readjust i'm a lot quicker now to not get defensive and allow that to guide me as yet another opportunity for guidance so i don't have to you know you don't, you don't have to figure things out all the time you got people around you that will straighten you out yes or no brad
0: Absolutely. Everybody needs a no person in their life,
1: <laughs> dude. That is all. My wife's gonna hear this. She's gonna go. Oh, I am your no person, right? <laughs> and right. Speaking of
0: speaking Brian. of the family, real quick too, and um, one uh, one of the guys that, that I know through our groups, uh, he says this all the time, man, it, it's so true. When it comes to our kids, I don't want them seeing me constantly on my phone either. You know, because I'm always on them about. You know, getting outside playing outside man. like what what am i doing if i'm constantly on my phone and you, do you know how um do you know how kids spell love t-i-m-e
1: mm, yeah
0: spending time with them man quite quality time so that's that's the other piece i'll just throw on there real quick
1: no that's that's a very important my daughter spends less time on her phone than i do if you can believe it and so she, when I'm with her, I am f- constantly like monitoring myself when I'm checking stuff because I'll be watching her. I'm like, she does, she's not even holding her phone. You know, she'll put it down and be staring at me. And I'm like, okay, oh, wow, the pressure's on. Right, and so this is—it's a constant. I'll bring it up. I'm not perfect, you know. I'm—I I'm far from perfect, and you know, I have a beautiful marriage. And you guys will see my pictures on social media. We just got back from a from a getaway weekend, five year anniversary, celebrated. But man, seriously, I have I, she she's constantly be got to be checking me, constantly checking me. Yo, there, there you go again. What the mm-hmm. fuck? Right, and so anyway without derailing too much right it we no one's perfect you're gonna make mistakes the question is how quickly do you adjust today how quickly can you take new information or reminder information and go ooh, pivot you know i'm <laughs> I'm, I'm you know use those as guardrails and not as like you know going off the road you know what i mean um, you know real quick you know what let's 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 talk in something else let's go back a little bit um, you talk about in grade school it's a great story guys and this is something that you know I this is Brad's story right Um, and I'd like you to take us there I'd like you to take us to this point where you're talking about I was one of the things that I needed as a child was to feel accepted to be a part of you know almost desperate for it. Right. Tell us about your experience, your childhood.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, I I had an awesome childhood retro, you know, looking back, I mean, my, my parents, they're still together, you know, still married after all these years and I'm the oldest of four children and, um, my second, um, oldest sibling, is a brother and I'm four years older than him, but starting out, you know, there was that four year gap where it's just me, <laughs> little Brad running around the house, just me, got, got, got my parents. And then, you know, all these, all these siblings start arriving and I'm thinking, man, what, what's up? Am I not, am I not good enough anymore? I mean, you know, that's, that's like the the thoughts that are probably going through the, the oldest head and, um, you know, went off the, went off the grade school and I don't know. I just, I had trouble um, finding friends. It seemed like, you know, or just always felt like the odd man out um, just never really comfortable in your own skin. And um, what helped me with that was actually sports. I was um, I played basketball and and baseball in grade school and then played strictly baseball in, in high school. But no doubt sports had a big impact, you know, on my life, teaching, you know, teamwork and leadership and and obviously meeting friends through sports. But there was something that was always um, um, kind of a secret, I guess you would say. And that is when 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 I would play basketball, it was always shirts against skins, at least when I was growing up. I don't know if it's the same way anymore.
1: I remember those days. Yeah. Yeah.
0: You remember those days. Some, 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 uh, some team had, to had to wear the shirts and some team, you know, had to take the shirts off and be skins. And I, I, um, I dreaded that dude. Like I was scared to death to take my shirt off. And the reason being is I, I have a a birthmark on my, on my left shoulder. That's decent size. It's probably the size of an iPhone, but I was very self-conscious about that. Super self-conscious in the shower, you know, whatever. And I was a string bing, man. I, I could not keep weight on. I had that problem. It wasn't, I wasn't overweight. I was trying to gain weight and was just a little rail growing up. So I, I just, I think I had a, looking back, I just had a confidence problem with myself, you know, being comfortable in my own skin, which is probably why I was, you know, yearning to, uh, to have friends and, and make friends and be quote unquote cool. But what is what is cool? <laughs> back now
1: (laughs) cool is what we are now that's we're cool now we are cool very cool now but it took us a long time to get there we're podcasters man we're podcasting that's cool very cool yeah so sorry go ahead no 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 um so so there's this you know this this uh self-consciousness right Mm -hmm. um this secrecy uh and 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 obviously this is something that you kept you kept close to you. Like this is this wasn't something that you like had discussions with people and got and said, Hey, you know what? I'm kind of self-conscious about this. No. Uh, right? Oh no.
0: If there was like a birthmark tribe back in the day, I would have been the first one to sign up, you know? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. There was none of that back then.
1: Well, and I can't remember exactly what led up to it, but was this there was this moment that I remember in your story. Were you talking about, you know, you were looking at yourself in the mirror. Right. I uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to I'd love for you to like sure. unpack that for us.
0: Sure. So, you know, that was kind of childhood, even more so really in in high in high school, you know, in high school, older older crowd, whatnot, but um, you know, got out of high school, almost joined the army. Um, didn't my best friend did. He's still in today and has had a very successful career. Um, but my life just took a different path. I went to college and, um, I guess long story short held, it took me five years to get through, through college. And I I worked while going to college and was able to graduate debt free, which was, which was a huge accomplishment uh, and something I'm very proud of. Um, but what I didn't have was actual quote unquote real world experience. Right. So I graduated with a business degree in marketing I'm interviewing like crazy. Nobody takes a chance on me, man. Talk about talk about humble pie, right? You you graduate, you get that degree and you're like, dude, the world's mine. Like people are just going to be, you know, they're going to be coming to me to hire me and that was not the case back in uh, when was that? 2002. If I remember right, yeah, the economy was it was okay, but there was a it was a tough job market. Like a lot of people with master's degrees were interviewing for entry-level jobs and I'm just a new you know, college graduate. But fast forward um, to that had had many um, different jobs and different industries until I was about I'm 39 now. So that point of the mirror was when I was 35. Okay. And I I had had a successful career by all accounts. Um, I was making good money, successful marriage, two awesome kids, big house in a great affluent neighborhood that we're still in. I don't have a white picket fence. I don't have one cause I don't fucking want one, but if I want one, I could probably get one, you know, like one of those deals, uh, great neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> cracking up. And, uh, man, I just, I feel like I didn't know myself. Like, so I, I and I'll, I remember this moment like it was yesterday. It just still gives me chills. I just, I got out of the shower one morning and I was home by myself and I'm just looking at myself in the mirror. And I'm like, I I couldn't answer this one question. And, and the question that hit me, and I don't know if it was God talking through me. uh, I believe it is, but it's like, who are you, Brad? Like, what are you going to do? What what are you going to do with your life? You know, like the, I just started having these conversations like, no, what are you really going to do? I understand what you do for, you know, a day job and all that. But like, how are you going to leave your impact here? Mm. I couldn't answer it, man. Yeah, that that, that expression. And um, it, met, it messed with me. It messed with my mind. Hardcore. And I always had stayed... Uh, you know, somewhat physically fit and, and doing whatever workouts, and um, I was looking for a new program to do, basically, and bumped into a friend of mine. And that friend of mine um, was doing this crazy workout, and I'm looking at him, and I'm like, "Man, what, uh, what, what, what are you doing?" He's like, "Dude, I'm doing a, uh, it's called Seal Fit," and I'm like, "Seal Fit? What's, what's like the Navy SEAL? Like, what are you talking about?" And he shows me this program and I'm looking at, it, I'm like, holy hell, dude, how can you do this much shit? You know? And then there was another aspect of it. And this is what caught me, man. Hook, line and sinker is not only was it building your physical fitness, it was building your mind they actually had courses on building mental toughness, emotional resiliency, you name it. And I'm like, holy shit, dude, my prayers have been answered. Like, mm. can I build on the physical piece? But but I can start working on my on my mental state because uh, even though on on the outside I could appear somewhat you know strong to somebody, you don't know what somebody's like on the inside. They could be a weak little limp noodle, and honestly, I probably was because I didn't handle pressure very well. I was kind of an asshole towards my kids. I would get agitated very quickly if I had a bad day at work. I'd come home, I'd show it. I'm not saying I'm perfect now. Trust me, we all have our days, but I'm way better than I used to be. And um, that night I went online and um, was looking at seal fit Um, commander Mark Devine. That's his program. He runs out there in California. He's a, he's a former Navy seal. And dude, I, I, I saw this video and uh, it's, it was called um, Kokoro camp coaches, I believe. And it showed Kokoro camp and it was, if you've ever seen or heard of like the Navy SEALs, some of their training, it's, it's arguably the world's hardest military training. Yes. I mean, it just is. And if it's not number one, it's, it's one a, you know what I mean? That can be argued. Um, but the Kokoro camp was designed to basically let you meet yourself for the first time wow. it was designed after uh, buds, which is basic underwater demolition steel training. There's a par- there's a concept of that that's called Hell Week, and these guys are up for a week solid without any sleep. V- you know, they eat just to keep them going, but no sleep, just constant turmoil. And Kokoro Camp is based on that. It's the civilian version of it, and it's 50 hours, man. It starts on a Friday, ends on a Sunday. It's 50 hours plus. Straight of no sleep, physical movement, building mental toughness, building emotional resiliency. And they started showing the videos online, dude. And you know what happened? It scared the living shit out of me. I mean, I was sweating. Like, (laughs) holy shit. Like, that's the gnarliest thing I've ever seen. Like, dude, there's no way I could do that. And I, I said, you know what? That's what I need in my life, dude. I need to start doing hard shit. Cause up until that point, man, um, as, as you kind of read about me earlier, like, I mean, I'm not saying I haven't had tough points in my life. I mean, we all have, but relatively speaking, usually when you're hearing from somebody, you know, on a podcast or an interview or whatever, man, they they've overcome just something insurmountable, right? Just some life or death experience. They beat cancer. They grew up in an abusive childhood. They were addicted to heroin totally hit rock bottom. I didn't have any of that shit, man. Like I had a great family, uh, fairly easy life. I hadn't been tested, man. That was it for me. I had never been tested. I mean, to my core to really figure out that question, right. Be able to answer that question that was hitting me in the mirror. Like who am I? What am I about? What do I really value? So I signed up and, um, and graduated Coro 38 back in, well, let's see, that was four years ago. So 2015, man changed my life forever.
1: <sighs> wow. Wow. You know, um, that's part of, that's the life experience. And, you know, there's, there's sure. I mean, when I think about how I raised my daughter, when I think about how you probably raise your kids and we, I've had this conversation with a few people, and it seems that uh, our generation, you know, a lot of people in my generation, uh, had parents that were dysfunctional. That you know, I didn't like when you describe your 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 parents. Not the case with mine. They hated each other. Every, all all I can remember is my parents hating each other, yelling at each other, throwing shit at each other. You know what I mean? Um, Disregarding the fact that we were in the home, right? And so, you know, then just my whole, you know, uh, trajectory through drugs, alcohol, rock bottoms, all that crap, you know what I mean? There's something to be said for climbing out of this briar patch of hell and getting to the other side. What does that teach us? What kind of resiliency, what kind of mental toughness do we have? Um, and to recognize that at some point, right. And get to some point where you're like, you know what, this is what I need. It's scaring the crap out of me, but I am going to do this anyway. Um, so, so, which is, you know what, this is probably that part of the story is probably going to help us with the rest of the questions. Cause I have some questions here that are predominantly about that. Right. Sure. So let's see how seal training allows you to answer some of these questions. So um, number one, as a coach, um, I hear stories from people all the time. I can't, I can't do this because whatever. Once I achieve this, I'll be happy. They learn and pick up patterns from role models. Um, or their, or their own life journey, you know, we're, we're stuck. We're telling ourselves a story or a series of stories our whole lives, right? That that don't challenge us, that don't serve us, right? So, what is the story that you used to tell yourself? Your biggest limiting beliefs, and what is it that you believe now?
0: <laughs> Great question. I used to think uh, so. Kakuro Camp was it for me when I when I graduated that course. I literally knew I could do anything like I, and I still believe that today. Absolutely do. So I'll speak in, you know, that'll be the, the two different sides. So before Kokoro camp, um, I I would have been the first person to doubt myself, you know, especially when, when, when shit got Rocky or something was really challenging me, or uh, maybe I wasn't able to pick up on a particular concept or some new drill or technique right away. I just, Throwing the town back, like, ah, that's not for me, right? So, um, but after going through Kokoro and seeing, you know, wh- what all you can take, uh, as a person, what the body can take, what the mind can take, um, how important a team is that's a huge concept they teach out there. It's not me, 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 uh, Rambos die. <laughs> Fact, it's all about the team, um. Once I, once I got that concept, man, it was just the light bulb. Just, it didn't just light up. It fucking blew up, you know? And and now I got this flame growing in me, man. It just, it was, it was just a rebirth for me. And, um, that whole team concept before, before Kokoro, I used to think, you know, you hear the term self-made, like self-made millionaire. I hate that term. That's fucking bullshit. I'd love to be a really, truly self-made millionaire that hasn't had any help along the way. Doesn't fucking exist. That's why.
1: Nope.
0: Um, and that—that's the other thing that that camp taught me was just relying on your team and being vulnerable, asking for help when you need help because everybody needs help along the way. And if you don't ask for it, guess what? You're just letting your ego get in the way, which is even worse. And egos. Egos kill people. I mean, it has. So, you know, just the importance of having a team and, and being vulnerable and and reaching out, man. That's that's some of the biggest lessons I learned coming out of that camp, and that's what I instill into my my marriage, into raising my kids, into my job, into the side businesses that I'm involved in. It's all team based aspects and. Asking for help, man, and just really at the end of the day, man, it is um, what keeps me really going is service to others, man. Just find a way to serve others. Honestly, that that's it. That's what it comes down to. Before before that camp, I was probably well. There's no probably. I was I was selfish and prob- very self centered, and it was all me, me, me. And when I got out of that, it was like, okay, I've been going around about this all wrong. Like I need to completely reverse that. It's about helping other people. And then I have no doubt the more you reach out and help people, the more that's going to come back to you. I see it every day. You know, when, when I reach out and even if it's just sending somebody a message, man, like I'll give you a little tip. And I I got this from another guy in in, in a group I'm in, um, out of the total life freedom zone, you know, Vincent over there. Yeah. He's big. Um, you know, reaching out to people and like, you know, thank you notes and stuff. And one, one little tip I heard from him that I, that I instill is I don't have Facebook, like I said, on my phone, but I'll get the email, right? If it's somebody's birthday, I don't go in and write on their timeline. I type them a nice personal message, instant message. And just that one little thing, man, you wouldn't believe how how much you get back in return just from doing one little thing like that.
1: It's it, several
0: different tangents there, but <laughs> I was just flowing.
1: Well, no, but here's here's yeah, you get into this flow state because then here's the thing. Um, once you've reached this level, then and we were talking about this again before the call what you know, once you get into the personal development realm, you know, the world moves much faster, it starts mm-hmm. things just start to move at light speed, your life begins to change because as soon as you these limiting beliefs starts to drop off, as soon as the mindset starts to change, as soon as you're presented with these different opportunities, as soon as you start to grow as, as a person, then what happens is at first it's an information overload, and then all of a sudden you realize it's the same message over mm-hmm. and over from different people. If you yep. start listening to the most inspirational Thought leaders, people that are motivational speakers, keynote speakers, this is what they're gonna tell you about. They're gonna talk about morning routines. They're gonna talk about the value of your circle of influence. How the only way to level up is to level up your circle of influence. Right. So there's this, it's nothing that is, is like rocket science news. It's just how many times do you have to hear about it? Till you go, huh, there might be something to this. <laughs> right. And, you know, yep. and now I talk about like we, we met in one mastermind group. We met in the Dad's Edge Alliance. Then we met again in Total Life Freedom. Now I'm in a third mastermind group. So Mm-mm. some people are like, ah, he's just pitching masterminds. It's not that I'm pitching masterminds, it's that we know the importance of once you get in it, your circle of influence is everything. They hold you accountable. They give you information. They don't want anything from you except to support you and see you get better, and you the same, right? So it's all very, uh, it's a robust way of staying accountable with people that are in the same boat, have the same mindset. So it's not that I'm pitching masterminds. It's that that's, that's how you initially get, looped into this amazing, you know, ability to le- elevate, to go next level with your circle of influence.
0: Right on, man. I mean, if I, if I look back just in the last couple of years, the amount of networking that I've made and strives in, in business and life, it's, Almost probably all due to to masterminds. I mean, yeah, maybe some self help books I read or whatever, but I am a firm believer in masterminds and not all are created equal. So, you know, find which ones, you know, work for you. But that's that's the cool thing you were saying about masterminds is you you got a group of like minded individuals in there. And you know what the great thing is? If somebody's got an ego, guess what happens?
1: Ooh, they get checked.
0: Right. It's not like that with, you know, your, your quote unquote friends or people like that. Somebody has an ego. You got to fucking deal with it. Right. Unless you <laughs> completely, <laughs> nobody's going to be like, Hey, you're not allowed to talk to that person anymore. You're out of this group.
1: <laughs> that is so, it's so true. It's so true. All right. Let's, let's keep moving. Cause I know we're, we're a little bit on a timetable here. So one of my favorite questions is the burning boat question. So one of my favorite quotes or stories that Tony Robbins talks about is if you want to take the Island, you have to burn the boats. Right. So what was that moment in your life where you said not one more day, not one more hour, not one more minute? I will not tolerate this anymore in my life. So what was that pivotal moment in your life, right, where you turned it all around?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'd have to say it's what I just mentioned earlier. And it's that it's that period where I was in my um, in my bathroom <laughs> looking at myself in the mirror and it wasn't Wasn't just one thing. It was just a combination of of life experiences up to that point, and just finally having that you know question of you know who who am I, dude? And it's like I don't, I can't, I don't know. I don't have an answer. You know, you know what I mean? Like it just, it it, it's not there. And something was eating at me. So I'd I'd have to go back to that, and then that that was definitely my step because I was like, you know, no more. I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way. To change this. And by hell or high water, I, I found, you know, the, the the seal fit tribe and in Dick Kikoro. So, you know, there's that's the other thing too. Like, it's cool to talk about doing something. It's a whole nother thing to actually sign on the dotted line and commit to it. That's a whole nother thing. So one once I punched my ticket, officially paid to go, had that date scheduled, dude, I I lived, breathed, I mean, trained every day for that. 100%, dude. I I, um, I mean, there was no doubt in my mind that I, that I was going to make it. None. I visualized what success looked like, what it smelled like, what it tasted like. I trained my ass off. I knew I put the work in and I actually, um, and I write about, I'm writing a book about this experience too. And, and, in it, um, I I talk about this very concept and I, and, and my wife, I still remember telling her this because she couldn't believe what I was doing. She thought I was fucking crazy as, as most of my, you know, quote unquote friends thought they're like, why are you doing this? That's like, I got expensive. Understand, you know, like one of those things. I can explain it better now, but back then, just just couldn't do it. It was more for me. And I remember telling her, she's like, "You're gonna do this, aren't you?" I was like, "Honey," I was looking at her straight as I'm looking at you. I was like, "I'm gonna do it." I was like, "Not only gonna do it, I'm gonna thrive out there. I'm gonna make it fun, even though I'm getting the shit knocked out of me." But I was like, "I am, I'm gonna make it. You don't have to worry about it because no shit." they will have to pull my dead lifeless body out of the fucking ocean. You know, like one of those, you like, I'm not going to quit. Like if, if, if you get a phone call, it's cause I've seriously been injured or like the worst has happened. You know what I mean? That's the mindset I took in there, dude. It, I mean, I was treating it like it was the real thing. It's far from the real thing. And I want to make sure to make that decision. <laughs> it means do I think I could be a Navy SEAL? No, <laughs> especially not at 39. Uh so it's so it's loosely based on that. So, yeah. Just wanted to make that distinction.
1: <laughs> oh man, I love it. I love it. I don't know if I would, you know, recommend telling telling your your wife that that I have to take my lifeless dead body out of the <laughs> water, right? But, you know, the rest of it I'm I'm down with, right? But, you know what? Here's the thing. That clarity, man. There's nothing there's nothing more valuable There's nothing more inspiring. And only those of us experienced this of that clarity. When you're in that, when you're, when you have that moment where you're like, this is happening. And literally in your own mind, you're thinking, I'm going to win or die trying.
0: Yep. That, that's, that was my burn the the boats moment, dude. I was a hundred percent invested. I lived, breathed, and ate it. And everything I did, literally the food I ate, <laughs> the training I went yep. through, just, you know, the, the, the books I'd read on the mental toughness piece. And here, it, that's the thing. That's one of the biggest things I also want to note is, you know, that event, like other events, there's, there's a minimum standard you have to meet, you know, push up, sit up squats, mile run, all that. If you look at, um, real, if you look at like a real buds class, they usually class up, 180 students, roughly. You know how many actually graduate?
1: No. 40, how many? 40.
0: 40 4 zero. Wow. On average. You know, you want to know why that is? And these are all PT studs. They're in tip-top shape. What do you think the answer is?
1: They're mental toughness.
0: It's the, it's, it's the few inches between your ears. That's that, that that's where people lose out and you can what you learn when you test yourself like that, you can apply to any situation. And what I like to say is life's still hard, but after you go through something like that, life actually becomes a little bit easier. Like shit just doesn't phase me like it used to. You know what I mean? Like I think about things differently.
1: Oh, it's hundred percent true. We could have a whole segment on that. We don't have time for that. but it's true once you go through it, that resiliency, that mental toughness, everything else is just bullshit. Like this is a joke, or mm-hmm. really, this is this, this is not an issue. All right, so tell us about an aha moment in your life when you realize you were now moving in the right direction.
0: Hmm, great question. So I, I know it's been talked about earlier, and keep keeping with the I guess mastermind theme. There's the very first one I ever joined was uh, Larry Hagner's mastermind, the dad's edge group. And incidentally enough, I met Larry through Mark Devine, who's the seal fit owner operator. Mark had Larry on his podcast. It spoke to me. You ever listen to those podcasts? Like I'm sure your audience listens to yours. And they're just like, they're having these aha moments. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like Omar speaking to me. Well, that was happening with, Larry on Mark's podcast. And Larry was specifically talking about showing up best for your spouse and your kids after you've had, you know, a hard day at work or what have you, and just going through some tips, tips and techniques for that. So, um, I did something that, uh, who knows where I'd be if I hadn't done it, uh, for four years ago, I guess it was, I reached out to Larry and just said, Hey man, like, love your podcasts. I'd love to meet you. And he had this Facebook group at the time. That's so why I did it through Facebook. Luck of the draw, he was going to be an indie uh, for work. And he's like, you want to have dinner? And I'm like, fuck yeah, I have dinner. So <laughs> we went, we went, we had dinner and um, three hours later, three or three and a half, you know, like it was, one of the most interesting conversations we ever had, you know, and you're just, you're like, you're talking to somebody who totally gets you and they think just like you think, um, just, just form that relationship. And he was telling me about how he wanted, or, or, or at that time where he thought like his business would go with the podcasting with the tribe he was building and all that. And he said, you know, I, I'm going to need a team lead to, to, uh, work with men, really, really coach men. And I was like, dude, I'm your man. Like, what I that's what I want to do. Cause that was the big thing coming out of Kokoro camp, or you name it, you do something big in your life, you get that big promotion, you you nail that big race, you get that big goal. Gotta ask yourself, man, what's next? What's the next thing I'm working on? Right. Cause if you're not, if you're not working on something new and different you're decaying, right? You're staying the same and you're slowly decaying, whether you know it or not, you got to, got to keep pushing forward. And that was the big thing I was actually struggling. So here I am, like I'm struggling again, like made through Kokoro. It's like, yeah, you know, totally changed my life. But I'm like, now what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> and what I wanted to do was, uh, cause, cause what I, what I learned there through one of my, um, seal instructors, who's also named Brad, uh, you know, he, he, was telling me how important it is just to serve others. And that's all he, that's all, it was just that simple. And I'm like, dude, that's it, man. That that's what I want to do, man. I want to help people. So had, had, um, dinner with Larry, he told me he was going to have, uh, or he was looking for a team lead. And I was like, dude, I'd love to be your team lead. I'd, I'd love, I'd love to be your inaugural team lead. And that's how I, that's how I formed my relationship with, with Larry. And that was like three years ago, I think. And that's how I met you. And uh, I've been leading now um, a group of guys every Friday. Uh, there's about 50 guys in my group or so. We usually have uh, about 20, maybe 15 to 20 show up, you know, week to week. And we discuss basically life, right? Um, it's a dad's group. So it's totally tailored towards, towards fatherhood. But we, we, you know, we talk about. Uh, relationships with our kids, relationships with our spouses, sex, finances, mental health, physical health, you name it, man. And I fucking love it, dude. It's, it's, uh it's without a doubt, like, and it's only an hour. It could go as long as I wanted it to, but I try to keep it an hour. I look so forward to that call every Friday. I get so much more out of it uh, than, than I put in and just, it's unbelievable the magic that happens especially when you put men in front of a video or a computer or a phone and they and they start being vulnerable like they, they like and that's that's what I make them do like my, my group's called Fight Club and one of my rules is you can talk about Fight Club okay so I I, I scratch that one I actually I say hey, talk about Fight Club right but the, the rule that I absolutely have them all do is if this is your first time at fight club, you have to fight. And my version of fighting for them is they have to be vulnerable. They have to introduce themselves and talk about one thing that they want to level up, so to speak, or change in their life. So that's, that's what I feel like now my purpose is. in in, in life is just trying to um, spread that message. And by no means am I I perfect. You, You know what I mean? Like I've got plenty of flaws just like everybody else. But man, if I can just help one person, you know, like that's it. That's what it's all about.
1: Well, the biggest takeaway for our listeners is that, yes, we talk a lot about putting in the work and putting in the effort, But there's also something very important about the intention. Because once you put the intention out there, it just kind of seems to come. And this started in front of a mirror. Everything. This call, this interview that we're on right now, started in front of a mirror. If that moment had not had happened, and the intention would not have been set... Brad would still be just, you know, trying to figure out whether or not he wanted to put a white picket fence up or not. <laughs> True story. <laughs> and that would have been the extent of it all. And my life's yeah. purpose is just to be, uh, you know, a dad and a husband and the kind of and a so-so and whatever. And I guess this is just my thing. And that moment sparked something so big it set off a chain reaction and then things started to present themselves people started to present themselves opportunities started to present themselves and then now the the only the only question is do I say yes that's where it leads up to all right my friend we're getting close to the end here how much time you got you got a um,
0: I got like probably 10 10 more minutes or so oh, good okay Give, okay, us, cool. give us give us your rolling, fi-
1: man. good. Give us your favorite books that you would recommend to our listeners.
0: Oh my gosh. Um so I've said his name a couple of times, but Mark Divine has a great book called Unbeatable Mind. That's one of the things that really started me along my journey of just building, you know, mental toughness. That's actually one of the books that I read once a year. I, I it's just it's always good to go back to it. So I I'd go with Unbeatable Mind. Um, guy by the name of, uh, Pete Blaber, who is a former, uh, Delta force guy in the army. He, he wrote a book called the mission, the men and me. And it's one of the best leadership books you could probably ever read. Uh, so that's another fantastic read. Uh, man, there's just so so many. You know what book I just finished probably a month ago, and I've already read it again, and I liked it so well.
1: Can I guess? I got, what's that? Can I guess? Go ahead. Is it "Can't Hurt Me"? David Goggins.
0: You got it, dude. Boom! <laughs> it is. You got it. You got it, dude. My wife likes it. She's listened to it. I mean, what? What a you want to talk about a story? And a guy that can literally speak to anything, whether it's being overweight, whether it's you know being black, whether it's you know growing up in a shitty, abusive you know neighborhood or just family or or, or whatever. I mean, it is unbelievable uh, what what the human mind and, and spirit can endure. And um, I'm a, I'll make a pl- I'll plug him all that. And I don't. It's like I get an affiliate from this. I'm Me just neither. Love it. David Goggins, man, you are the man. Love to meet you sometimes. I know you kind of grew up in Indiana, which is where I'm from. So hopefully one of those days our paths will cross. But um his audiobook, his book's great. His audiobook is where it's at. I don't know if you've listened to it, but it's it's the it's unlike anything else. It's he has he has somebody reading the book, okay? but they'll pause it and it's a podcast interview like me and you going back and forth and he'll tell additional stories that aren't actually in the book. And man, it's, it's just so cool. So I, I can't recommend that book highly enough. And, and what's cool is a like 10 step process, you know, to, uh, to, to, to grow, you know, to build that mental toughness. And you know what the first one is? We've talked about it already. It just has a different name. The accountability mirror. Yes. The very first thing he talks about, you got to start with yourself. If you're fat, call yourself out, man. Hey, I'm fucking fat. I'm a fat ass. All right. We're over that. Now we, now we can do something about it. All right. If you're a jerk, you're an asshole. I'm a fucking asshole. If you're stupid, you're not smart enough in one particular area. I need to study harder in here. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fake. You know, you, you gotta be real to yourself, man. We we live our own lies. We oftentimes do. We lie to ourselves. It's our mind, as David says, man. Because I, I love this dude. He says our minds have the tactical advantage on us. They They know us. (laughs) They know what we're gonna fucking lie about, and we're gonna like crawl into a corner and try to get people to forget about. Man, he is so spot on.
1: Okay, guys, I just want you to understand something. I said I want to guess because that's the book that came to my mind. And that's the book that has been recommended to me I don't know how many times now, and I'm done allowing it to be a recommendation. And now... I'm going
0: to be your accountability partner, Omar. I'm going to hold you personally accountable for this because I have your number.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm ordering it right now. (laughs) I'm doing. Guns. I'm buying the audio version as we are. I'm not on this audio on this call, right? It's getting done, right? Do it. No, it's happening right now. All right. So while I'm doing that, my next question to you is: Got it? I can't wait to read this book now because it's like it just was like Dude, there screaming at you're,
0: me. You're gonna love it. I mean, there's just no doubt in my mind. So hit me up after you after you read it and be like, Brad. Thank you for talking me into this.
1: Absolutely. There's my accountability. Done. All right. What is your personal success formula or blueprint for success?
0: Great question. And this is something that I struggle with every day. I'm going to steal a shoe manufacturer slogan but it's, it's so simple and, and it works so well. And that is just do it. It's that fucking simple, people. Just do it. So you get these ideas in your head. Guess what happens? You give yourself five seconds, you'll talk yourself out of anything that you think was up there, right? So find something that you feel passionate about. That scares you a little bit because it should scare you, right? You got that's how we grow. Got to get out of our comfort zone. It should scare you and just do it. Commit. Put the work in. And it's just trying to realize that success, like big success, it's it's cliche, but it's true. It doesn't come overnight. When you see professional athletes on TV or you know, big time speakers at an event, even Tony Robbins. You think that happened in a year, two years? No, they've been, it's relentless pursuit of your goals and your dreams and just little things every day that pile on top of each other. They fit together like Russian dolls, man. And then all of a sudden one day you you actually, you achieve that goal right? It was the same thing training for Kokoro camp, training every day, bit by bit. It's the same thing writing this book I'm writing. It's been a three-year process, but I've been in some weeks have been better than others, but that's part of my morning ritual, right? Just writing a thousand words, 1200 words every day. Uh, it builds up over time. So I, I would say just, just do it and just start. <laughs> that's That's the other big thing because you can, you know, especially if you're trying to you know, start your own business or this, that, and the other. It's like people get too caught up in the planning stage. And I'm not saying planning is not important. It absolutely is important, but give me, you know, what negates all that action. Cause then you're actually going to go out there. You're going to do something. It's either going to work or it's not going to work. And then if it doesn't work, no big deal. You can tweak it and then send it back out there.
1: A good plan executed now is better than a great plan executed later absolutely man take action just do it and it's so true we will talk ourselves out of anything right if we do not take immediate immediate action you know tony robbins talks about that too i command my body right i say i demand right with this is what we're there's no negotiating right just press send you know press publish just do it right go goes goes back to what what's the first thing i
0: talked about Waking up, Mm. just wake up, because you'll try to talk yourself out of that too. And hey, I do it. (laughs) You know, trust me. I'm guilty of pressing the snooze button too. But that's the first battle, man. Wake up.
1: Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you my battle with the snooze button. Right? It's already triggered because whenever I press the snooze button now, my brain is doing the same shit that happens in David Goggins' book. Did you just press snooze? Are you still lying down? Are you really? Oh, you need to get up now. Like it just, it just will just keep going. It no longer does what it used to. Oh, just five more minutes. No, it's a different, entirely different voice. And it's yep. like, really? All right. It eats, it eats at you, doesn't yes, it? Yes, yes. It's, it's like, it's in, I'm up within of me pushing snooze, usually up within two minutes. Yep. the second snooze never hits I will tell you that I can't remember the last time I had a second snooze you know, when you press the snooze I can't remember the last time it actually hit the 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 snooze I'm up usually the 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 mental persecution just starts all right what is the best advice you have ever received oh
0: man that's a big one so much good stuff I'm just always I, I, I go with the first thought that pops in my head and, um, at, at the heart of everything, I'm a family man. Like all this stuff I talked about, it's great. Uh, but I got to go to what my dad, uh, instilled on me from, from an early age. And, um, he's, he, he's one of my heroes. You know, like I said, I was fortunate enough to have great parents and all that. And, uh, he, he told me, he always told me, son, he's like family first, you know, That, 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 that's how you should prioritize different things. Family first. He's like, you know, your job can be replaceable. Your house can be replaceable. There's two things that aren't replaceable. You know what that is? You being a dad and you being a husband. Wow. Family first, man. And I was like, whoa, I can live by that. I can, that's part of my code, man. So,
1: wow. that's, that's powerful okay what is one parting piece of wisdom you would like to share with our listeners
0: do hard shit <laughs> do hard shit man find something find something that scares you and that can be anything i'm not saying you gotta go curl camp and go hang out with a bunch of seals and have them kick your ass over the weekend it could be um, sign up for like maybe you got a a, a fear of public speaking. Maybe it's signing up for a Toastmasters course, or maybe it's going after that PhD or master's degree you've been putting off. Why? Why? Probably because you're scared. Or what's the you know? Oh, I don't have time. Bullshit. Everybody's got time. You make time to do it. So you know, find find that one thing, and and go with it. And you're gonna you are gonna thank yourself you did. I. Guarantee at the at the end of the day, once that task is complete, you're gonna be like, that wasn't that bad. Now what's the next thing? When what's the next thing after that? Because you want to constantly be growing. So i just say, you know, do hard shit and um and, and do just do something that scares you.
1: Brad. Epic, epic interview. Thank you so much for joining us. Omar, my pleasure, brother. It was a long time coming. Glad we could make this happen, brother. We did, and I love you. And as we say here in Costa Rica, Pura Vida. Pura Vida. Thank you for joining us today on the Recovery Revolution podcast. For more information about the podcast, to access the show notes, join us in the Recovery Revolution, or to learn about one-on-one coaching with me, then go to www.omarpinto.com. Make sure to check out the website or schedule a free consultation with me today. It's time to join the recovering revolution.